the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Amazon announced its Amazon Prime Day yesterday. And when we got to it, it was like it was more of like a yard sale. It was just weird. Walmart you know, had a competing promotion. Uh, but Walmart's website had some really slow load times. Um, Amazon's third-party U.S. Steam store sales for July 15th were about 80% ahead of where they were last year at that time. So you have to say it was good on some levels. Um, Domino's Pizza reported stronger profit for the second quarter as customers continue to flock to the nation's number two pizza chain. This tells us Americans are getting fat and eating cheap food. It does not tell you that the economy is robust. It tells you that you could feed a lot of people for a $12 pizza. So that's not good. Uh, Google revealed a plan to let you buy things directly from search results. It'll be a buy button. That'll be interesting. United Airlines is awarding hackers millions of miles for revealing risks to their websites and to their, their online systems. That's good news. Netflix had a blowout quarter. They're up huge. Home builder sentiment hits the highest since uh, 2005. Now, that's bad news, believe it or not. They want to build new homes. Rates look good. Jobs look good. They're very optimistic, and that's kind of the way Wall Street works. You sell when it's high, you buy when it's low. Just saying. I'm not saying sell yet. I'm not saying to sell your house, but I'm saying that's bad news. Janet Yellen said the Fed will probably, will likely raise interest rates this year. She's saying that before Congress. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk some big picture issues that is in everyone's lives, like charge cards and you promise and 529, bankrate.com, good website. Where do we want to pick up on this one, Chad? Um, well, I, you know, making the most out of every dollar that you spend, I guess. And gotcha. this is something that, um, you know, I kind of started my career dealing with retirement planning, wealth management issues. So going back and even listening to some of my other advisors, like Nicole, that does really good with... Um, Saving money where she shops. Uh, Credit card, she's got a great uh, best credit cards for everybody blog at the New Focus Financial website. Um, And so it's something that I kind of learn about as well. I mean, when it comes to charge and spending money and things like that, my concern's always been the, you know, ID theft coverage and and not the ID theft insurance or the monitor, not the monitoring services as much as the solution services. But either way, you got to watch your money because you don't know. You, you've got to figure out where each dollar is going, yep. maximize it with cash back or points or whatever, and then monitor your credit. And sometimes using charge cards or credit cards can help, help you rebuild or build a credit score. It's interesting you brought up Nicole because every time we do a seminar, I pull her aside. I said, what's your new credit card? And last year, she introduced me to the Barclay card Arrival Plus. Um, it's free for the first year. It's 79 bucks for the second year. But when you sign up, you get $400 of free flights or $400 of free travel and then two points for every dollar. And I was like, she's, she really helps me in that world. 
of credit cards because I'm going to cancel it after a year, but I am going to get that $400 of free uh, travel in that first year. No shame in that. There's not. And I, I look at that and you, you say that and I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about all the time it takes to, to fill out the form to get the card and then remember to cancel it and all that other stuff. So I'd rather keep things simple and find you know, one card for personal and mm-hmm. one card for work that I'm constantly using. Um, but some people need to do things like rebuild their credit where they do the secured card where they you know, put a deposit in and they can get a card that's, you know, maybe half of the deposit and use it as credit to rebuild their credit. Either way, any of these cards you can use for something like youpromise.com. That's the letter youpromise.com and find ways to get free money to add to your children's 529 college savings account. And uh, so that's something that's really great. And sometimes I forget I, I have that yep. all linked up to my different cards until I get uh, a You Promise email that says, hey, how was your dining experience at Thai Orchid? You know, something like that. And, and it asks you to rate it. And it, then it reminds you of different savings and different deals that they've created, um, whether it's, you know, diapers for your kids or other shopping deals. So there's there's a lot of things out there. And so a lot of times people are worried about, oh, I can't save enough for retirement, yet they're buying cigarettes or going to Starbucks every day. And the next step beyond quitting those types of things to be able to save for retirement is to maximize every dollar. Um, you know, 1% to 3% cash back on a lot of these cards, that's an increase to savings. Um, you know, if you had 10000 invested for 20 years, the difference between, say, an 8% rate of return and a 10% rate of return is, is quite large. So you have to think of that in terms of every percentage point gets you closer and closer to retirement. And some of the cards out there, like Fidelity's got an American Express through FIA services that it's not, it doesn't have the best service. I'll be quite honest with you. The website is a little bit dated. Um, the phone call feels like it's going to a call center. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not the best service, but you get 2% back and it goes automatically into your Fidelity account. That's a great way to blindly save. Um, and again, just automating your life as much as you can. I think, I think that goes a long way to being successful, uh, financially speaking. Yeah, there's automated investment programs, too, where you can set a limit that says, okay, all I need is my you know, six months of emergency reserves in my checking account. And as soon as there's dollars over and above that, it automatically sends it off to an investment account to be automatically invested in ETFs. So there's a lot of programs out there. And people get wealthy by systematic investing yep. into the stock market, Time. by positive cash flow real estate, and by starting a business. You know, Those are the main ways that people get wealthy. It's not by, you know, using a credit card to buy trading software. That's stupid. But uh, well, the you other are, ways, we've seen it work. <laughs> yeah, right. Because that's all you're probably going to get back. That's right. <laughs> CFP, we're talking to CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Again, we're talking about ways that you can automate your life and get money flowing to you with some of the basic things that you do each and every day. Thanks very much. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Let's go to Ronnie in Sunnyvale. He's got a call. Ronnie, how are you? I'm good. I've got a quick question. Um, getting my credit back, okay, and I had one credit card that was a secure card and secured it, you know, always paid on time, everything hunky-dory. Then I tried to negotiate with these guys and um, see if they would drop their uh, interest rate, APR, and they would not budge. They say that's who we are with this, you know, high-risk, you know, type company. So I, uh, I don't want to mention the other financial company, but they offered me that I bank with, well, give you a card, you months free, you know, 
and uh, we'll transfer over all the, un, you know, whatever debt you have. Great, fine. But my question was, is that they couldn't tell me what my APR was, and I won't know that until I get the card. I don't get the question. Ask again. Well, the question is, once I secured from one credit card to another to try to improve, you know, uh, my, my uh, using a credit card, this credit card, um, when I applied for it, I got approved. Then I asked what my APR was. They said I will not know my APR until I get my credit card in the mail. Okay. I thought, you know, I'm online with them business and everything. This is a why would I want to make a move, you know, if my uh, your credit card is not that much better on APR on the other one, you know, nine I get 50 months free. I, I got that part, okay. And but I'm just wondering, God, I didn't think that was legal if they could do that without telling what the APR is going to be because that's your whole one of the main reasons why you're making a change over. I have not run into that. Thanks for the call. I don't know what to say. I'll talk a little bit about improving credit, but I'll also have some news stories when we come back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We just had a caller, Ronnie from Sunnyvale, and I was trying to piece together what he was asking because it was very long-winded. If you call the show, practice your question, get to the point. That helps enormously. Um, credit card companies are in business to make money. Um, and a lot of times you will get, um, kind of like a rate bait. The rate you apply for isn't the rate you get. For example, the applicant might advertise for 5.9% APR. You sign up, your card arrives and surprise, it's a different agreement. Maybe it's 15.99 or 24.99. What counts isn't the rate you apply for, it's the rate the credit card company gives you. Another surprise the offer says you've been pre-approved for up to $50,000, but when the agreement comes through, it's $500. Um, higher APR dangers um, is something you have to be acknowledged. You're filling out a form that they're approving in 30 seconds online. They do more checking you know, on what you do get and what you don't get. If you're going to get a credit card that has $50,000 limit, of course they're going to check. Um, same thing with a mortgage. A mortgage is a little bit more upfront about it, but uh, it's kind of up to you, in my opinion, to protect yourself. And you know, you could decline the card if you want at that point in time. Uh, but it also sounded like Ronnie was doing a little bit of like uh, I, I call it financial engineering. And there's no doubt that if you can get a loan for a lower amount, that you should pay off the higher loan first. I just get a little tense when I hear credit cards because credit cards ruin a lot of people's lives and that sucks. Um, home builder sentiment hit a high, a decade high. Home builders are people who take hammers and build new homes. 
And when they're optimistic, that's when you should be selling. Um, Ten years ago was 2005, and the housing market crashed in 2006, 2007, 2008. Some markets came back faster than others. Some markets haven't come back. Uh, I saw that micro apartments are starting to come to the Midwest. I'm like, oh gosh, that's not good. Uh, let's talk a little Netflix, because I think they're a company that a lot of people know. Netflix is arguably the momentum stock of the year, again. Shares are up 50% this year. The S&P 500 is up 5%. Uh, Netflix reported quarterly adjusted profit of about $0.06 cents a share, beating expectations of $0.04 cents a share. Shares are up 10% on the news. The question is, if you don't own the stock, do you want to buy it now? Analysts seem to think so. Uh, currently, analysts have a 18-month price target of $92, which is, if correct, signals 5% ahead for the stock. 5% not bad. Next few weeks will be telling as many analysts will boost their price targets following the quarterly report. Um, you need to treat it with caution. You need to treat it with respect if you want to buy shares of it. I know some people on the 35 who don't have cable, but they'll share a Netflix account because Netflix hasn't been too vigilant about policing people who are illegally sharing passwords. If you want to go more cautious, maybe go Time Warner, because Time Warner has that HBO component. Um, HBO now is gaining momentum just like Netflix was five years ago. I think the idea of a la carte media is the way that you know consumption of media is going. Certainly streaming as well. Some people want to watch TV on their TV. Some people want to watch TV on their iPad. Some people want to watch TV at the gym on their iPhone. So as soon as your grandmother gets Netflix, then you're in trouble. But right now it's still people who are like kind of savvy, trying to get rid of some bills in their life. That cable compilation of channels no one likes. And we've put up with it because there wasn't any other choice. But now there's other choices. Um, the downside of it is, is it's one of those products that can be easily canceled. And... When you hit a tough economy, Netflix will get hit. Netflix uh, reported new net subscribers of 3.3 million, bringing its total subscriber count to 65 million. International editions total 2.4 million in the quarter, bringing international subscribers to 23 million. Janet Yellen said yesterday that the feds could raise interest rates and that she thinks it would be good. Uh, a good sign, not a bad sign, reflective of a good economy. When it happens, and all expectations are now for September, it's going to change the market. We may go from slow growth and dividends that we like to we may go for, well, I can get dividends and bonds, so I can sell the, the dividend stocks. Uh, we don't quite know how people are going to react. And we've not been in this position before. I heard an analyst yesterday talking about Apple, and he says, it's a value stock, it's cheap, but it's also so darn big that you have to wonder what can they do to shake the pillars. It's a good question. So Amazon Prime Day hit a nice milestone. Uh, we don't know all the results yet, but it, was, it did top Black Friday as far as web page loads go. 
Um, and as far as third-party members, up 100% year over year. So that's pretty good. you got to say that's positive, right? Uh, there's no way around that, I don't think. Uber. Taxis are losing business travelers to ride-hailing services like Uber. In the three months ended in June, Uber overtook taxis. It's the most expensed form of ground transportation. Uber accounted for 55% of ground transportation receipts compared to taxis at 43%. Very interesting. When Uber and Lyft first came out, I'm like, eh, it's cute. Um, but they've really done much better than I, I thought they were going to be able to pull off. Uh, Ford is offering massive discounts on their Ford F-150 pickup. Uh, one discount of up to $10,479. It's their most important vehicle. And when a company offers discounts, you're the winner, but it also tells you that that company is struggling to sell it because Ford doesn't want to offer discounts. The, you know, when there's a big snowstorm um, and you go into a store, they're taking off those 50% off price tags on sweaters. Um, and then they put them right back when the, the sun comes out uh, or when the seasons change. So it is about supply and demand, and clearly not a lot of demand for the Ford F-150. It's made. It's got a aluminum body, and it bothers a lot of people because if you do dig it up, it costs a lot more to fix than steel. Um, it's a lot lighter than steel, so you get much better gas mileage, uh, which is one of the reasons oil companies are having. They're just struggling. Uh, America's fleet is getting better and better gas mileage, and it hurts their business. Uh, Apple's reportedly in talks with Iran about selling the iPhone in Iran. Apple, for all they are as far as uh, human rights and solar power and everything like that, uh, a green company, a nice company, they don't mind doing businesses with the regimes that have tortured their own people. Um, something to be thinking about. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeartRadio Station. Janet Yellen testifying in front of Congress for a second day today. And she basically said yesterday that I'm going to raise rates this year. I look, yeah, I see China. I see some problems there. Yes, I see Greece. I see some problems there. But in the U.S., things are pretty good. And I'm focusing on the U.S. data, not international data. She said, barring some surprise event, she's going to raise interest rates. So we're going to go off the zero, which means your credit card and your LIBOR loans and things like that that are tied towards uh, rates are going to start tinkering a little bit higher. Now, in her words, it's important to note that she's probably going to raise once a quarter. 
She wants to get off the zero level. I don't think she wants to do, you know, 10 times a year, the Fed meets 10 times a year. I don't think she wants to do 10 times a year. That's just my assumption, okay? So let's keep that in mind. But she's talked about a slower pace in the past, so that's kind of what you extrapolate that out into. Um, historically, the Fed's moved interest rates faster on the way up, and it's caused big displacements. This is going to be interesting um, because, you know, mortgage rates are going to start ticking a little higher. Remember how I told you the, the story about home builder sentiments at a 10-year high? That and higher, that optimism is a bad thing. You always want to sell low, sell high, buy low. You combine that with the Fed raising interest rates, that's going to tickle, tickle into mortgage rates. We're not going to see these mortgage rates again. Not for a long time, unless there's terrorism, unless there is some sort of war that causes people to freak out, um, stock market crash. So it's going to take something big to get the Fed to move interest rates back to zero. So mortgage rates go higher means you can afford less mortgage. You could afford less mortgage means, you know, people who are asking for one five suddenly their house isn't available for the buyer. Um, so maybe that buyer moves to a house that's you know asked for one two. You know, the seven hundred thousand goes down to five hundred thousand. So that's that's out there. Let's talk a little bit more about this and other real estate ideas with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The first time home buyer is an intimidating process. First and foremost, like you have to figure out how much can I afford and where should I buy and what's a good house, what's a bad house? Because trust me, the lessons you learn in life are from experience. They're not from books that you read, in my opinion. Even if it's books by someone who's experienced it, I don't think you're getting what you need to know. What I'm looking for in the next home I buy is different than what I'm looking for in the last home that I bought, which is different than the first home I bought. Uh, let's talk about that first time home buyer, the virgin. What do we need to know about the virgin home buyer? Well, it's intimidating. Okay. And it's the largest purchase you'll ever make for most people. Right. Um, you start early, get pre-approved. I think that's definitely the first thing you do. And part of that, you're going to look at your credit. You're going to see if there's anything wrong with it, if you need to make some improvements or pay off some debt. Um, and a lot of people sometimes, they, you know, I worked with some buyers that took six years before they bought. And we had a plan, you know, fixing their credit. We need a little bit more income. They were self-employed, so they were writing off too much on their Schedule C, and it wasn't really transposing over uh, better. Of course, self-employed, they used to have the stated income. So there's a lot of products that are gone that first-time homebuyers used to use to help qualify. Um, and there's some of those are coming back, just so you know. I'm going to give a, a little bit of um, light down the end of the tunnel. Uh, some portfolio lenders are offering what they call start, uh, tease, not start rate uh, qualifiers is what they're called. Okay. Um, in the past, they used to add two percentage points to what they call the qualifying rate. So there's some new products coming out. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But definitely look at your credit. Be open-minded as well. Um, you, you may not be able to buy in the area you're looking at because it's too expensive. Uh, and there's a reason why it's too expensive because that's where people want to live. So... You know, you may have to have a starter home. You may have to buy a condo or a townhouse um, if you want to stay in that area or buy a single family somewhere farther out. And then you got to look at, am I near a, a mass transit? Can I really handle driving an hour to work uh, one way? Um, but start, starting early is probably the first thing that I would really uh, want to 
tell these people that are looking to buy a house um, and get in front of professionals and don't trust everybody that you run into. There's a lot of information on the internet that's going to confuse you. Right. Um, that's well, a whole other topic in itself. Let's stick with the professionals one that you can't always trust people. That's the frustrating one because honestly, I can meet 10 realtors today. I don't like them all personally, but professionally, I like two or three of them. And that's a problem with people because we tend to not fall in love, but we tend to go with our, and, our and it's, emotions. Yeah, and it's not just with the finding of a realtor. It's finding the right um, uh, loan source. Uh, whether you're going to the Internet or you're going to go to your bank where you have your checking and savings or you're going to go to a broker or you're going to a banker or you're going to a, a you know, who are you going to? And the frustration there is that you don't know who to trust. Um, the Internet's going to tell you who to trust and you don't know if you can trust them. And there's so many websites out there that are going to confuse you. And that, I think that that's probably one of the things that we're, the industry has changed the most in is that, just like it did in the car business, um, that the industry is not keeping up as fast as the Internet is. Um, there's uh, the, the best way to do it is, to, in my opinion, is go to a broker that has multiple sources. So they run your credit once and they can fit your product into one of the lenders that they work with, as opposed to going to a bank um, where you might have to shop several different banks just to find the bank that fits your scenario. So that's what I would do. I see a lot of people making the mistake of shopping loans where they think if I contact another lender, he's going to give me another rate or a different rate. And they might, but they might be just teasing you just to get you in the door. You want to shop, You want to really shop a lender first of someone you could trust and someone who's got good referrals and someone who has right. the ability to go out and shop other loans for you. And not just offer a prepackage instead of trying to, you know, randomly get lucky. Because when you try to randomly get lucky, they see that you've had a credit report pulled by another lender. And they say, yes, Mr. Black, whatever you say, Mr. Black, I've got this great loan for you, Mr. Black. Comes time to sign. You're like, well, what are these fees? We didn't talk about these. Or, you know, you get higher fees but lower rates or you get higher yeah, rates. Yeah, and granted, fees. there are some many, many, many new rules that are protect that are admit, set up to protect the buyer. Yeah. Um, they're not always executed the way they're supposed to and used to, to help the borrower. As a matter of fact, there, there are uh, <laughs> some lenders actually came to us and told us how we can use the new rules to confuse the borrower and, and use it in our advantage. We're like, what are you talking about? Um, it, it's crazy how the industry is really trying to adapt to what the Fed is trying to mandate here. Um, and it, it makes it even more confusing in what the, the, the buyer, especially the first-time home buyer, is supposed to expect out of the transaction. Sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You'll list Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at RobBlack.com. So Amazon's Prime Day, it did what it, they said they were going to do. They had more traffic than on Black Friday. Some of the deals, a little bit on the iffy side. Some people felt like uh, <clears throat> it's more of a, like a garage sale. But in the end, there was like 28,000 Rubbermaid sets sold, 35,000 Lords of the Rings Blu-ray sets. Uh, people battled over Kate Spade purse deal that was gone in less than a minute. So they staggered the deals. And it's one of the reasons why the traffic looks so impressive. A lot of people hung around all day long. Not, I don't know about all day long, but you get the idea. Uh, Walmart did well, too. So they kind of created a little holiday. It's interesting to note um, Beating Black Friday is impressive. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, 
Uber is beating taxi cabs. Taxis are losing business. That's pretty crazy. Uber Technologies has 46% of receipts tracked by Certify, compared with 53% for taxis. Established travel providers will need to adapt quickly or face further market share erosion on the sharing economy. Uh, I have a friend that's moving to a new area, and I was like, you don't need a car, do you? Like, think about it. Like, she could bike to work kind of thing. Like, so why not share a car? Why not have someone give you a Lyft or an Uber? Uber connects travelers with various cars through its smartphone app. Some drivers work for car service companies. Others spend a few hours driving their personal cars on the side for extra money. Business travelers might be quickly moving towards Uber, but employers still have reservations about safety and liability. Depending on the city, Uber drivers aren't necessarily regulated by government taxi authorities. So that's something that, you know, it's not going to be smooth for them, um, but it is interesting. United Continental has awarded millions of frequent flyer miles to hackers who have uncovered gaps in the carrier's web security. Pretty cool to go on the offensive and ask for help from the people that you're afraid of. United confirmed that it has paid out two awards worth one million miles each, worth uh, dozens of free domestic flights on the airline. United did not confirm tweets from individuals who say they've been paid smaller awards as well. Um, I like that kind of trailblazing in web security. Uh, web security is not going to go away anytime soon. Um, and we're going to see more companies get hacked. And we're going to see more companies you know, be created because uh, they, they can protect companies or do their best. A big company can't respond fast enough to malicious code. Uh, just can't do it. So uh, going to be a story for quite a while. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. season. Fun, fun, fun. I particularly like it with the tech companies. Joining me now to talk a little tech earnings and tech stories, Chris Yachia, the tech editor for thestreet.com. Chris, what did you think of Intel's earnings last night? A surprise? Uh, only a surprise simply because they were helped out by Uncle Sam. Other than okay. that, I think it's pretty much, you know, weakness in the PC market, some strength in the data centers, and kind of status quo for Intel. Intel's still important, and their competition is getting weaker. We continue to hear stories of AMD struggling, and their stock is struggling. How do you think that ends up? Like, Intel will basically have a CPU monopoly if AMD continues to not earn money and the stock continues to dwindle. Well, they pretty much have a monopoly now. I'm, I can't imagine. I haven't looked at the latest market share numbers, 
but I know that Intel owns at least 85, if not 90% of the PC market. Uh, so, I mean, you're, that's effectively a monopoly now as it stands. AMD really isn't any to compete with uh, Intel in the PC market. And we haven't seen any ARM-based processors, you know, from companies like Qualcomm or Broadcom or any of the others uh, really make any move into the PC market. So it's Intel's game to lose. As far as Intel, they're a PC-centric company. They've been trying to get into mobile. Are they making any ground there? Not anything that, you know, is meaningful. They went so far as to reshape the way they report the results from the company. They used to combine or they used to break out separately what the PC uh, group does and what the mobile group did. But because it was, the mobile group was so horrible to look at, they combined the two. And now it's called, into something called the client computing group. And it, you see the results. They're just dragging down the PC uh, revenue. And it's just there's really nothing that Intel can do right now to, to make any headway in mobile. It's just all being dominated by, you know, companies that use ARM processors or ARM's intellectual property. And it's Intel is, you know, the investors that I've spoken to, some of them hope that, you know, Intel just gets out of mobile at this point. Interesting. How about Netflix? What did you think of make of Netflix's quarter last night? Netflix seemingly can do no wrong right now. The company, you know, might have missed, you know, some of the earnings. Or they beat on earnings, but they might have missed slightly on the on the top line when it comes to revenue. But Netflix investors right now only care about one thing, and that's subscribers. They added another 3.3 million subscribers around the world, including 2.4 internationally and that's really the only thing that Netflix is um, you know concerned about is just adding subscribers and you know they've trounced estimates so that's why you're seeing the stock up you, you know around 10% this morning stupid question but should Time Warner spin off HBO because HBO compares with Netflix and not so much with old traditional media like Time Warner there was that call last year when Time Warner shares were flagging that to either create a tracking stock for HBO or spin it off, and Jeff Bukes resisted it, and so far that's worked out for them. I still you know, wouldn't mind them creating a tracking stock for HBO simply because I think that would value Time Warner even more than it already is, but you're starting to see shares of Time Warner pick up in the past you know, couple of weeks as people begin to realize how important HBO really is. It is the crown jewel when it comes to subscription content. Forget what, you know, Netflix has done. You know, HBO is still the creme de la creme. And you're starting to see, you know, results from time or from Warner Brothers, you know, really start to, to shape up. You know, we saw American Sniper was a hit at the, the global box office. San Andreas was a hit. Mad Max is another franchise for Warner Brothers. And they have all these DC movies coming next year. So, I mean... You can quibble with them spinning off HBO or creating a tracking stock or something, but I think investors in Time Warner are pretty happy, at least right now. Let's talk a little about Amazon. We're talking with Chris Siachi. He's recently written some articles at thestreet.com. He is the tech editor. Amazon Echo, we've talked about it briefly. Now that you've played with it a while, what's your, what's your take on it? I love it. I, was, I would not know what to expect going into it. I'd read some of the reviews um, just 
you know, from my own personal curiosity, and I, I knew what it did, but I wasn't exactly sure how it would work or the depth and scope of it. And you can see the future of computing when, when you play around with the Echo. It's very responsive. It knows much more than I thought it would. It's, it's intuitive. It's even got a sense of humor. It'll tell you jokes. And it's not about what it can do today. It's about what it can do five or ten years from now. You know, it, they've already created um, the ability for it to, you know, turn and change your lights or your garage door. And they set up a VC fund with $100 million to allow developers to try to create different things for the Echo to do. So I think this is, you know, really the first case where you're seeing something that's, you know, the future of your home created and controlling your home in an actual device that people are actually going to want to use. And I think that's, you know, that bodes well for Amazon. We've got just under a minute. And ultimately what it is, it's a kind of like a wireless speaker or a wireless lamp that does computing tasks. You could ask it for the weather. You could ask it to look up uh, um, how to cook something, a recipe. Um, we don't know how to use it yet, but you like it, huh? Yeah, I was, I was a big fan. It's it's you know for one hundred and seventy nine dollars, it's it's definitely worth the price. Interesting. So you're the first person I've heard really say that, and that's good to know. People can check out your articles at thestreet.com. Look up Chris Siaccia, the tech editor. Just find one of his articles, and you'll find all of them because the uh, it's easy to track down what he writes, and I like what he writes about. I'm Rob Black, talking tech, talking investing, talking more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.